Yeah, I'm I'm here for the the thing, the, yeah. the British thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey, and I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. Hello, party people. Oh, is uh, that what we're calling our listeners now? Yes, yes. Welcome to the party. It's kind of like when... I don't know, singers have their fan base, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kesha has like animals. Nicki Minaj has barbs. We have party people. That's what, what better way to describe our fans and listeners. I mean, if I were to pick something, I would call our fans and listeners like heroes or anti-heroes. That seems like way more on brand. I gotta say, party people still a strong contender in my in my mind. Well, welcome to the party. Thank you. The party being the Meet Your Heroes summer series, right? Yes. Yes, the summer series. So for folks who are just catching up, the summer series is just a a series of short episodes that we uh, have recorded for you as a token of our appreciation. And to say, please don't leave us while we take a short summer hiatus and don't give you full-length episodes. Not your usual episodes. Not really trying as hard. Just here so you can rely on us. Yeah, just, I mean, listen, I've worked very hard to build this audience. And I'm not about to let four weeks in July ruin it for me. I guess we're in August now, but (laughs) I I can't go that long without their love and affection. What I will tell you is I am willing to do the absolute minimum. And that that is what you will get today. Yeah, like it's a summer fling of our podcast, if you will. It's 15 minutes and you'll never hear from us again. (laughs) 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 Yeah, something like that. I like it. I like it. In that case, get ready to have your socks knocked off. Our socks flung? Oh, yes. Socks will be flung by this week's meet and greet hero, Mr. Paul Revere. Audrey, what do you know about Paul Revere? I know exactly what 99% of our listeners know about Paul Revere, which is that he rode a horse through some city while shouting, the British are coming. Some city. So, okay. That gets us somewhere, I guess. Uh, anything else at all? No. 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 That's it. Rode a horse, shouted British are coming. I feel like maybe in Massachusetts, but that might be a stretch. Okay. That's pretty close. Uh, Paul Revere, a hero of the American Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, known for riding his way through the Boston area to warn of the coming British army. Look at that. Shouting the British are coming. And when they the British came, it kicked off the fight, but the Americans were ready, and that was the battle at Lexington and Concord that started the American Revolution, in theory, because actually most of this is just bullshit. So let's dig in. You're telling me my middle school textbook written by some old white dude in the 
mid nineties is bullshit. I Consist- won't have it consistently. That is like the subtitle of the podcast. How dare you? <laughs> yes, your middle school history was incorrect. The main reason that most people who know of the American Revolution know of Paul Revere is because he has this poem written about him by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It's called The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. And the first stanza is very familiar to a lot of people. It starts, Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is not alive who remembers that famous day and year. And this poem is... Very successful at skyrocketing Paul Revere's ride to fame. But uh, let's just be very clear, it is not historically accurate at all. So it is mostly made-up details. And the surprising part is is that the inaccuracies are actually intentional. So Longfellow is writing this poem in 1861, right before the American Civil War kicks off, like a hundred years later. And he researched and he knew exactly what happened on the night Paul Revere was riding. And he still decides, like, the Civil War is going to start. The thing he really wants to do is, like, get some, you know, patriotic spirit going. And so he just takes some liberties uh, with this story. So here's what I'll say. One, I'm not surprised that a poet completely distorted history. As a poet myself, I am I am want to do that. Okay. Two, it makes sense because revere rhymes with a lot of stuff. So, And if you're looking to rhyme, you need something that rhymes with a lot of words. You are exactly correct. No so the way. whole reason <laughs> that we know about Paul Revere, as opposed to any of the people who did more impressive things that night, is literally because... Of the people available, his name rhymes with the most stuff. And so it worked best with the poem. So, yes. So the starting starting, uh, kind of defining moment of Paul Revere is that he is not particularly heroic in this scenario. He's not particularly successful. It's literally just that of all the people available, (laughs) he's the easiest to make couplets with. But let's set the scene. The context is that we are still a year before the Declaration of Independence happens. The Americas are just this British colony that are really starting to get irked by the colonial rule. And on April 18th, 1775, British forces in Boston hear that there is a secret stash of these annoying Americans' weapons. And it's also where Thomas Jefferson is hanging out and John Adams are hanging out. Uh, John Hancock, rather, and Sam Adams. They're all hanging out in Lexington and Concord. So three cities in a row. Boston is closest to the coast. Then you have uh, Lexington and Concord Concord further inland. The British are going to march out of Boston and go get these weapons and get these rebels and take them out. So the British are already in Massachusetts, like on land. Yeah, it's a colony. They're in Boston. They've been in a harbor. Yep. You have this whole tea party thing that's going to go on, right? They are there, but they're about to march in. And the rebels are ready for them. They knew this was a possibility, so they set up this whole system of lanterns and stuff. And basically one night in April, as they start to march, they had set up the system where it was either one lamp in the clock tower by sea, two by land. They're coming by land, so they put two lanterns out. Yep. And the safety committee springs into action. Oh, no. 
So the safety committee is the very lame term <laughs> for the people who organized this thing, of which Paul Revere was a member. It's like a it's like a phone tree when school is canceled. That's exactly what this fucking is. This is a phone tree before there are phones. So of the safety committee it's members, like a horse tree. Yes, there are two guys on horses, and uh, one of them is Paul Revere, and they are going to go in opposite directions, both trying to get to the first place okay. uh, at, at Lexington, and. They are supposed to get there and basically warn warn Sam Adams and John Hancock that mm. the British are coming, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, so the story in this poem goes that he rides through the streets shouting, the British are coming, the British are coming, as you alluded to in your what do you know about Paul Revere. Sure. And then that's what like gets people woken up and ready to fight the British. But like most people weren't ready to fight the British anyway, right? Well, so most people were, but there's like a oh. 20% who, like these people still consider themselves British. Uh-oh. The other part is like there's a lot of loyalists and if you're trying to like give like a warning for people to get ready, you don't want to be shouting your secret message of your secret <laughs> mission in the streets. So first off, he's not sh- he's like dr- he's riding his horse from place to pace. He's one of two people that starts off and he's like like finding people like quietly knocking on the doors and whispering to them. Right. So they didn't even have like a cold word. This is crazy to me. So speaking of snow days, my dad was like the superintendent of schools when mm-hmm. I was growing up. And if he canceled schools, he would have to call the news station. And every year at the beginning of the school year, each news station would call the school district and give them the code word so that not some random could call in and be like, hey, school school is canceled. It'd be like, hi, this is Harry Potter from the Gryffindor house, and I'm calling to report that this school district won't be in. Like there was a special code language. To get the secret message? Yeah. No, so they had no secret message, and not only was it like supposed to be covert, but it it wasn't cool. They literally just so so he didn't see the British were coming. He would knock on this door. He'd go to this place. He'd whisper to the people, and all he said was, "This is according to other people's accounts and his own writings." His phrase was, "The regulars are coming out." That's not that's not cool at all. No, the regulars are coming out, and the regulars is not like a even a code term. The difference was you had an, a regular army that was like real soldiers and the irregular army was just like the hodgepodge of farmers that were fighting them. <laughs> so it was just like the real soldiers are coming, basically is what he's saying. So he just whisper, go door, he's knocking. He's not shouting the British are coming. He's going door to door knocking and whispering, the regulars are coming out and then going to the next door. So it's already way lamer than the story. But he gets this reputation as like, okay, is he like the regulars are coming out guy who's like warning everybody? No, it takes 40 people, right? So yeah, he's of he, he's one of the two people that leaves at the beginning, but he's doing the phone tree thing where like the second person he finds is like, okay, cool. That person starts writing to go tell everybody else, right? Absolutely. So he's like setting off these other messengers. So there's now 40 people. We know three names. So we know that, I'm oh, sorry, four, four names total. So we know that there was Paul Revere. We also know that he gets uh, William Dawes. Israel Bissell, and Samuel Prescott. So, okay. so we know those names were among the 40 people that night. It, although it turns out that Prescott only joined because they were riding, and they ran into him, uh, quote, returning from a lady friend's house at the awkward hour of 1 a.m. you got to have an alibi. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, I, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for the, the thing, the, yeah. the British thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, so like, come on. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm riding with you. So he joins the group, and he starts riding, and that's how they pick up their people. So this is the safety committee is not like a, a ship-shape operation at this point. Is it? Is it like that episode of The Office where Dwight and all of his, like, 
friends get together to play flashlight tag. Well, yeah, but they're <laughs> supposed to be like the guardian angels, but they call themselves like the knights of the night. Yes. yes. <laughs> and they end up just playing flashlight tag because they have no crimes to solve. <laughs> it is about that organized. Um, they, they put effort into this. And like, oh yeah, it sounds serious. It just sounds also very poorly executed. Yes, yes. So they get so they get to the first city where Adams and Hancock are kind of hiding out, and they get the, these three or four guys get there. They warn them, but they're only halfway on this journey, right? So they have to get to the other city as well. Mm-hmm. So stop one. They get there. They leave, and they're going to the second one. Um, but the other part of this is that right as they're leaving to go to the second city. Paul Revere gets captured. What? Yeah, so there's British who are like on the road trying to like make sure no messenger horses go through to warn the other cities. This is a real the British came scenario. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, so it's like the big army's still like marching inland, but they had like their forward scouts like blocking the roads. Strategic. Yeah. The so the messenger horses get there and it's almost like they're a real army. Yeah, well, they're like, scatter, scatter. So uh, they do. Everybody else, though, escapes. What? Literally, the only person who is captured and never completes this ride is Paul Revere. What? He only gets halfway. Yes. So the the famous hero of the, you know, revolutionary warning that kicks off the first battle of the war, like, he he makes it. He gets halfway whispering to all of his friends, <laughs> and then he gets captured and never finishes it. Uh, but his name does rhyme. Yeah, you try rhyming something with Prescott. I know, right? How I feel you... like Dawes, though. That's a, That one could have worked. Yeah, Dawes could have worked. I think that's true. But Prescott, definitely not. Mm-mm. Bissell, come on. No way. No chance. Yeah. No chance. Forgotten in history. Yeah. Who cares? Here's the thing, though. Prescott, <laughs> Prescott I, do, I would appreciate a poem about him. Stumbling out of the lady on friend's house. On his walk of shame. Oh, yeah. His ride of shame, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's the walk of shame turns into the ride of shame, yes. So, uh, Paul Revere is captured uh, a few minutes after leaving, halfway through. Never finishes. Captured by the British. They basically, like, walk him back to where the battle's happening. And then once the British realize, like, oh, this this horse tree worked. And they've, like, actually <laughs> rounded up. What started as, like, a few dozen people turns into several hundred. And eventually, like, these, you know rabble-rousing rebels like actually get a real force together they literally just like take his horse and just like make like they release him and make him walk back so he's like captured for a few hours to boston yeah walk back to boston yeah at that point walk back to lexington which was closer but yes he's he's walking back um wow and then yeah so he, he he doesn't even like make it to the battle he doesn't make it all the way to the ride to warn people doesn't make it to the battle that just... is the actual real walk of shame in this scenario it really is when you have to leave the battle and walk back to Lexington yes so our meet and greet today is about the fact that Paul Revere the hero of the midnight ride of Paul Revere the epic well not epic poem but the poem by Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfellow which by the way, this poem is very successful at making Paul Revere famous. Like he's not a big mm-hmm. character in history before this. They do this poem. It is very patriotic. People love it. Turns out he's actually like one of forty guys who like stumbled upon this other guy doing the walk of shame, only made it halfway, gets captured by the British, never finishes. But because his name is easier to rhyme than anybody else we know about, <laughs> he becomes the hero of the story. Sad postscript for Paul Revere. Uh oh. Uh, he he goes on to be a soldier and a commander of land artillery. In 1779, so like four years after this ride happens, uh, the British forces have this little fort, and he's in charge of going to capture it. And they show up, and the Americans way outnumber the British, 
and it's going to be an easy fight. They're just going to like basically take over without much of a struggle. But Paul Revere, for some reason, like hesitates with his forces and makes them wait for a few days. Oh. Doesn't take the fort. And in that time, British reinforcements show up and the Americans fail to attack in time. And so by the time the reinforcements get there, the Americans are forced to retreat and the British win. Um, Paul Revere is later charged with cowardice and insubordination. Yeah. He is court-martialed and kicked out of the militia. <laughs> um, so the one guy that we like have this this epic poem about uh, is actually court-martialed for cowardice. Oh, no. <laughs> he is later cleared of these charges. He is acquitted, uh, but his reputation stays tarnished for the rest of his life because he's always that one dude who like could never quite just you know step up and, and do it. So, yeah, it turns out the ride of Paul Revere... Much, much less dramatic and heroic than you may assume. That said, there is somebody in the revolution at this time whose ride is as epic and fantastic as you would hope Paul Revere's would be. Oh. Who gets absolutely none of the credit Paul Revere got. But that will be a tale for another day. In fact, next week. Next week, new segment, Unsug Hero. I'm going to introduce you to the person who actually should be the hero of this story, but because history is not fair, is not yet. So that is where we will pick up next time. Until then, if people want their fix, maybe it's our social media posts that are just so, so good, or maybe back episodes that they haven't heard yet. Where can they find us? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at MeetYourHeroesPodcast.com. Yep. And please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye. Bye.